Hey Space Watchers, this is Space Cafe Radio, your channel about trends, cool people and real conferences. I'm Thorsten, publisher of Spacewatch.global. This year, we continue our series of annual reviews as Space Cafe Radios. I had the great pleasure talking with Professor Kai-Uwe Schorgel, an authority in global space law and space diplomacy. He was seconded from the European Space Agency ESA to the German Federal Ministry of Economic Affairs and Energy in Berlin and will return to ESA as a special advisor for policy affairs this beginning of next year. He also is a regular content contributor to Spacewatch Global. He does the review in his own capacity. What have been your personal highlights in the last 12 months? Thank you for having me, Thorsten. It's always a pleasure. Uh, to be with you and to be with Spacewatch Global. But l let me, before before I turn to the issues I have been uh, dealing with, let me turn to Spacewatch Global and, and take a few minutes to praise what you have been doing. Indeed, we have been missing uh, a place, a platform where there is good information, excellent information even, and where there is exchange. Exchange on a lot of topics, a variety of topics. Also, viewpoints from around the world, from various perspectives in the whole sector. And this is now Spacewatch Global. You did a fantastic job in 2021. And whenever I'm interested to learn something about the sector, I just turn on Spacewatch Global and I know that I get the perfect information I need. And also I get some entertainment. And, and this is also good because sometimes we think that space could be boring, but no, not at all. With Spacewatch Global, we are on a fantastic track and we are not only well-informed, but we are also at the time entertained uh, by the participants who you get from around the world. But thank no, you. let me, thank let you, me turn. Thank you. Thank you. No, indeed, it, it's not just said. I know how much effort uh, is behind that, how much competence also, dedication. And I must say it, it's uh, great, uh, a really great progress you have been making. And I think also when, when I look at the clicks for your various activities, it's simply fantastic. Looking at the small size, relative small size of our sector, you cover really everybody and even further to that. And, and this is a, a great achievement. Thanks. So you can be proud of that. Let me turn to what I'm proud of. I would like to focus on one specific item, the European Space Traffic Management Conference, which took place in July. This is really very close to my heart. And this is something I have been actually working on since the early 2000s, when some of our listeners have been born only. So... This was the time when we started to look at uh, space traffic management. What could it be? How could it develop? How can we frame it? How can we make a concept out of that? And this turned then to the study of the International Astronautical Academy in 2006, titled Cosmic Study on Space Traffic Management. And this was somehow the kickoff for an international debate in academic, but then also in the governmental circles and in industry. And by now, I think everybody knows what space traffic management is and everybody understands the value, but also the necessity to come to STM. It also helped that during my time as chair of the legal subcommittee of UN Corpus in 2016, we put that on the agenda of the legal subcommittee, which is a signal 
that the member state regarded as an issue where intergovernmental multilateral discussions would be needed. So this is the basis. This is also the starting point where we then said during the council presidency, the EU council presidency of Germany, that we should launch a special initiative on space traffic management, putting together a European position, but also an input to the international debates. And this happened at the European Space Traffic Management Conference in 2021 in July, when all the member states uh, of the EU and all the member states of ESA were sitting together, shaping the European preliminary positions and also the understanding why this is an important, a very important issue, not only for Europe, but also for the international dimension. And there is one paragraph I'm really proud of to be able putting that in. And this is that Europe declares that it wants to continue to be a model for responsible behavior in outer space. And this is something which I think, and I hope also more than just the declaration just works, but this is also something where Europe is serious, where Europe is investing and where Europe also helps the others in order to raise to a level where we have responsible behavior all over in outer space. And this is something I'm really glad about that we could kick off with this Space Traffic Management Conference, the European position building, but also could inspire international debates on that topic and in that field. Thank you very much that you mentioned that topic. It's also something what is close to our heart and so that we give them as much room as possible on our website. Beside that, what are the top three, your top three, seeing the entire sector, the entire space sector? Are there a few that, that come to your mind? I have a top one and it's not a single activity. It's not a single person or, or whatever. I would call it base for fighting the pandemic and managing natural disasters. I think we could even make much more vis-a-vis -vis the general public, but also the decision makers, showing how important space applications are for managing not only the growing number of natural disasters we have been seeing all over the world during 21 with a highly important earth observation, telecommunication and navigation inputs in managing the disasters. We simply cannot do the management without space assets, but it's also how space was useful for managing the COVID pandemic in modeling things and in handling various and the multitude of aspects in the logistics also to Right. This is something which, as I say, we could, we from the sector could and should highlight even more because often enough decision makers are not really aware that space is contributing so essentially to these issues, natural and man-made uh, disasters. Uh, I would say that the, the COVID pandemic is a man-made disaster due to the way we are treating animals in particular. But it's also an issue where we from the space sector can really be proud on the international arrangements we have made in order to share information, 
to share also the analysis with the countries, with the societies where there is a particular need. So highlighting this issue area, which is a little bit broader than single topics, I think is absolutely memorable for 21. And if you ask me what, what is the top one mission, this top one mission uh, will be James Webb. After it has been successfully launched, we will open our eyes as Hubble has done. And I'm so curious, I'm so amazed and looking forward in what the humankind societies will learn from James Webb. It will take years and years to fully benefit from it. This will be absolutely fantastic and breathtaking. Yeah, I can't agree more. And it's on its way to the Lagrange point to get unfolded. It's a super interesting mission. Coming back to your specific area of work, what I would define as space diplomacy, we have seen a number of events on the edge of space diplomacy in this year. So is there a specific one besides the uh, space traffic management you mentioned earlier that touched you most? Yes, indeed. We saw the legal subcommittee of UN Corpus, the United Nations Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space, agreeing on a work plan for space resources and an associated working group. I think this is extremely important. It's extremely important because the world community takes that into its hands. We have seen a lot of discussions on the Artemis Accords, and now we will see certainly uh, a lot of discussions on the Chinese and Russian proposal. They are useful, very useful as policy papers to point at issues which are relevant, which have to be touched. And we have to be grateful to the US to raise in a very systematic weigh all these points of registration, for example, and uh, a lot of legal issues arising from the application of international law. There have been contested issues, of course, in particular in the field of property rights, private property rights for commercial purposes to use space resources, but also safety zones. But nevertheless, everything which was put on the table is useful to be discussed. But it should not simply be discussed among few countries or groups of countries. It has to be discussed in the world community on a multilateral level. And this is where we actually are now. This shows that international space diplomacy and international space lawmaking are working well. It's not that one country sets the rules for outer space, also for the others or one single person. It's the world community, and we have the proper institutions for that, and they are working. And I must say, it's also good how the U.S. is reacting, because from the beginning, they said the Artemis Accords are a input for such a debate. It's an excellent input. I'm very glad that we will now be able to discuss the issues in this multilateral setting, and I hope that the kickoff we saw this year will lead to good results in the near future. That's interesting. That's very interesting to hear. Looking back to the last year, 2021, so what does the space industry needed most from your point of view? Well, if you want to insinuate that the space industry needs money or investment, I must say there is a lot of money. It's, it's amazing. Companies which are good which have good plans, which are solid in the way they are 
operating and they have ideas, they get money. And it hasn't been as easy even during the times of pandemic as it is now. We even see an excess of capital. And this is a bit dangerous because we might face some ventures, big ventures also, which now get the money but will not be sustainable and they go bankrupt. So what's happening with their assets if they all have already launched, I don't know how many satellites, who will handle them? It's to return to the point I started with, it's not capital what the industry needed most. They have it, but and now my point, and I, I tried to, to point at it already, it is responsible behavior. And I think this is something where we just from the governmental level, but also from society, should simply remind industry, space industry, that this is an industry which is under the same scrutiny as all other industries are and sectors are upon Earth, with the ESG, for example, or in particular. And this should apply to the space industry as well. And the space industry is also called to act in space in a responsible way. So responsible behavior in space and ESG on Earth, I think, is something we should turn at. Space industry is not against that. It's uh, certainly not that they are sinister people trying to work around legislation or regulation. No, not at all. It's, it's just that we should help them put the right frame, put the right authorization mechanisms as well as authorization elements to them in a practicable and transparent way and to follow up these things, for example, we have such indicators now developed by the World Economic Forum. We have things at hand where we can really make progress there. This also includes issues like space tourism, where a few very rich people are, let's say, creating an environmental footprint, which is absolutely disastrous. I have read, but I can really believe it, that if you make such a space tourist's tour, you spend as much CO2 equivalent as you use when you fly 100 times across the Atlantic. Playground for the rich, but destroying the environment is not really inspirational. Neither is to put tens of thousands of satellites into orbit, which prevents others from using these orbits, which also hinders and threat other space activities. There, we must say that those who are authorizing such activities should also look a little bit closer into what is possible, what is necessary, and then also say, well, sometimes you have to say no, and we should not simply do what we could, but we also have a responsibility for the environment as a whole and for the global society who also wants to use outer space, regardless whether this is in uh, conflict with, uh, for example, Article 44 of, of the ITU Constitution, which says that orbits have to be free to use by anybody. These are things which were highlighted and, and which became important in the course of 21, uh, and where we really have to adjust also our expectations and handle these things with not so much awe, as you can read or see, also with a critical note that have to understand that not only 
the actors are responsible, but also those who are authorizing this mm-hmm. activity. So that, that would be my point where I would say industry is certainly ready to look into these things and to follow them. Reasonable way of approaching that. Well, the governments really have to come up with good and maybe I would even say better ideas than they had up to now. What do we have to watch out for the next year in space? What we have to watch out in space is certainly manifold. And, and this is, I guess, the, the most difficult question you could ask. We certainly have to cope with uh, a number of problems and issues like the remainders of the Russian anti-satellite tests and still also the remainders of the Chinese anti-satellite tests even a decade ago. These will really cause issues, and I can only hope that there will not be any accidents with operating satellites and, even more so, no accidents with astronauts. That mm-hmm. would be really a disaster. What we also should watch out is the ways the space agencies are trying to present new ideas, present new projects with, with new project types. I just think of, of ESA's accelerators and inspirators, which the new ESA DG, Josef Aschbacher, put forward. They, they are completely new in the approach. They, they are exciting topics. This is something which we can bring also the governance of space activities forward and create uh, new insights, but also, and even more so, new and important tools which we need in particular to fight and to manage climate change. We will also see, and I'm I'm happy to return to to what I said before, it's not so bad what what we see on the diplomatic level. We hear and see all about big fights amongst the the superpowers, which is really confrontational. But in our sector, in in space, we see progress. We see progress, as I indicated, in UN Cocos, But we also see progress on the security side with the establishment of of an open-ended working group in the field of responsible behavior set up by the first committee of the United Nations General Assembly. There are perspectives and prospects which can make you optimistic, cautiously optimistic, but these are, I think, signs of a growing understanding how important sustainability, safety, and also peacefulness in outer spaces. I am confident that the member states, supported by agencies and research and scientists, but also by a growing interest of the general public, that they will use this momentum and come to good solutions or at least improve the perspectives of new agreements or arrangements. Right. Thank you very much for your views on that. One final question I have. What is your space personality last year? Is there anyone you have in mind? And you don't have to tell us why, but just a name if you have one. I will not. Dustin, I will not. You will not get out the name of any billionaire or uh, head of state or space agency or anybody. No, I resist. So my personality is a group of persons, a particularly dedicated uh, group of persons. And these are all teachers who use space at school to raise the interest in STEM. In a previous position I held in ESA, I was also responsible for space education. And what we did there 
Google Marie and his team were the ones uh, initiating and fantastically putting that through is the establishment of European Space Education Resource Offices in every single member state, which provides uh, teachers with material to teach space-related topics at school and to do teachers' training. These are multipliers, these teachers. And what I have seen, and I was able to participate in such activities, what I saw was this engagement, this enthusiasm by the teachers who then went back to their schools and had the opportunity to use space as a topic in mathematics, physics, chemistry whatsoever, astronomy, and educate and make hundreds of children aware of not only how wonderful our field uh, space is, but how wonderful STEM in general is. These people, the teachers around the world, even, and I would like to, to mention, when you look at what is happening during Space Week, you see in a lot of developing countries, the school classes, together with their teachers, making activities, making little walks and watching the night sky, but also doing basic activities like small pencil rockets, things like that. It's amazing. It's all over the world. It's not only Europe, but and even more enthusiasm we can see in many countries in Latin America, Africa, and Asia. The teachers are important that our sector will flourish because we need young people who will then be ready to study something related to aerospace, uh, science, or engineering, or anything around STEM. If they are not in a position to engage the very young people, we will not have students and we will not have people who work as engineers or, or as workers mm -hmm. in the space sector. So we should shed a light on them, not on the billionaires uh, who, who make fun out of space, to have a spotlight on this ever-growing group of people, the teachers, who are so important and basic for the flourishment of our space sector. These are my people of the year, I would say. Thank you for that. I'm truly blessed working with such incredible people. This was Professor Kai-Uwe Schrogel on our Review 2021. I wish all of you blessed holidays and a happy new year. Thank you for listening today. If you want to stay on the pulse of space, visit our website, our mothership at spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. But of course, don't forget to become a Space Watcher. I'm Thorsten Screening, CEO and publisher of spacewatch.global, your independent perspective of space.